last week, this is our, uh, this is a look into the Old Testament book of Haggai. Haggai is a minor prophet book in the Old Testament. And so I wanna give you a little bit of backstory and context into this book before we kind of dive into anything. And uh, just so you know where we're at, and if you missed last week, uh, you know where we're at. If you just forgot what happened last week, that's okay, because I forget what happened yesterday in my own life. So, uh, so the, book, the context and lead up to this, this moment in the book of Haggai is this. King Solomon has built the temple. He built the temple of God, amazing, beautiful thing. Uh, people came from near and far to see it. It's a place where God dwelt. It was like this spiritual kind of heartbeat of the Jewish people. And then uh, King Solomon dies. And then the nation, after he dies, turns away from God. They begin worshiping idols and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So God, uh, to try and draw back these people back to God, he allows a series of events to take place. One of which is uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, comes in and he absolutely crushes and destroys Judah and he destroys the temple, like he obliterates the thing. He completely destroys it and he takes the Jewish people into captivity in Babylon. So you can see like this, this, absolute tragedies happen for the Jewish people. Their spiritual sort of heartbeat of, of who they are as a nation is destroyed. They're taken into captivity. For 50 years, they are in captivity. And uh, after 50 years, they uh, a, a remnant of them, 50,000 of them are allowed to return back to rebuild the temple of God. Can you imagine the excitement in this moment? For 50 years, you've been in captivity and then 50,000 are allowed to go back and to rebuild the temple. So they get back, they begin to rebuild the temple, they build the, the foundation and the altar and then the Samaritans oppose their work. There's opposition to their work. They kind of freak out. They go, ah, this is difficult, this is hard. And so they give up. They stop the work. They stop doing what God had called them to do. Stop building what God had called them to build. And so for 14 years, they do nothing on the temple. They don't build it. They don't build the house of God. They do nothing for 14 years. And they build their own homes. They build nice homes, high-spec homes, lovely homes, but they neglect what uh, they were called to do, which was to build God's house. So God raises up the prophet Haggai to come and, and, and to speak to these people and to say, the time is now to rebuild the temple. The time is now. You've been doing your thing. You've been doing your own homes. But now is the time to come back and rebuild the temple. That is the context, the backstory, the history that we are coming into as we approach the book of Haggai. And I want to say just from the outset today and you know, this, this word has spoken to a lot of people. I wanna say to you today, if you're in this place and maybe you've been stepping out to build something for God, maybe you've been following God, you've been trying to live the life He's calling you to live, but if, you, if you've been stepping out and building what God has called you to build in your life and you've come into this place and you're at that point where you're just ready to quit, can I just say you, you've come to the right place today? Because I believe God wants to speak to your heart. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this moment and this time. And I pray in Jesus' name that you'd come and you'd speak to your people today. Lord, we, we count it such an honor and a joy to come and to be in your presence. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. Lord, let my voice be a voice of encouragement. Lord, let this voice be a voice of life today to build up your people, to edify your people, to lift them up, Lord, that they may have come in this place a certain way. But Lord, I pray that they leave this place very differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, my, um, I need to tell you something. My wife is a self-confessed, natural-born quitter. 
and I, I say this with her permission, by the way. Don't get angry at me like, how can, how can you say that? Like, she, I got permission to share this with you like I do get permission to do anything in my life from my wife, uh, as all good husbands do. She is a natural born quitter. Like she, as soon as things get difficult or hard or frustrating or she's over it, she just starts to quit stuff. And it's honestly so frustrating. She is the worst person to play mini golf with. Mini golf, man, like, you know, like, I think she confused mini golf with easy golf. It's not easy, man, mini golf ain't easy. So, like, I take her out, we're going on a date, we're gonna go play some mini golf, it's gonna be amazing, and so we start playing mini golf, and, and, uh, and so it's not that easy, it's a little bit difficult, so she's playing, and then over a period of a few holes, she starts to realize it's actually quite difficult, and she's not getting the ball in the hole as easy as she would like to, so she starts to get really, really frustrated, she has to get over it, and so because she's not very good at it, and because it's not working well, and because it's a bit frustrating, she, she starts to quit, and I'm telling you, it's so, it, it drives me mental. I, it's so frustrating because I'm trying to play real well and I'm awesome, by the way, and like I'm playing mini golf and, and so she just quits, right? So this is what she starts to do. Rather than playing it properly and trying to get the ball in the hole, she just starts like whacking it wherever it goes. Just doesn't even care. She like, doesn't even hold the club properly. She'll just chase it around, not even let it stop rolling. Just chase it around like hockey and put it in the hole and be like, okay, that's it, I'm done. It's so annoying. It's like, and you can see the moment, I can tell the moment in her eyes when she's quit, when she's just given up because it's too difficult or whatever. So I promise you, this is serious. Pray for our marriage, there's big issues. But I promise you, we, we sat down and we had a conversation. This was not that long ago. And I sat down and had a conversation because I realized, man, I, I, I had to institute a family motto because of this behavior. And you know what our family motto is? Greens don't quit. That I had to institute this motto because of this kind of behavior. It was like anything, monopoly, mini golf, anything, you name it. And so I had to sit down with my lovely wife who I've been married to for nearly 13 years. I looked across the, uh, across the table. I looked her in the eyes and lovingly I said, baby, you may have been born an Evans, but you're a green now. And there's something you've got to know about us greens. We're not quitters. So here's what you've got to understand. Greens don't quit. So this behavior of yours, either shape up or, no, I didn't say that, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I value my life too much to say, to say something like that. She's natural. Listen, I'm picking on her today, and I'm allowed to because I've got the microphone, but I know I'm picking on her, but the honest truth is, I see in myself and in my own life the reflection of the same things these people in the book of Haggai were experiencing, where especially when it comes to the things of God and building what God has called me to build in my life, there's been so many points where I've just wanted to quit. I've just wanted to give up along the way. And, and, and so I can see my own story playing out in what we see in these people in the time of, of Haggai, where you try and do something, gets tough, and so you, could, you quit. And, and I don't know what it is God has called you to build in your life right now. I don't know what God is speaking to your heart or what God is calling you to build. I believe that God has put on the heart of every person something that He's wanting you to build right now. He's wanting you to establish, He's wanting you to grow. Maybe God is wanting you to build a great godly marriage. Maybe right now your marriage is not great. Maybe it's in tatters. I don't know. Maybe God is calling you to build a great and godly and healthy and thriving and vibrant marriage. Maybe God is calling you to build your family. Maybe God is calling you to build in an area of service 
service. Maybe you're gifted in some way and, and you're a part of something. Maybe God's calling you to build this church and use your gifts for His glory. Maybe, maybe God is calling you to build a life of devotion and prayer and, 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 and seeking Him every day. Maybe God is calling you to build a foundation of His Word in your life. Or maybe God is, is calling you to build a life of purity away from sin and away from the stuff you used to be a part of. Whatever it is God is calling you to build, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. As soon as you step out to build it, you're gonna face opposition. As soon as you step out to do it, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna get difficult. It's gonna get tough. I've come to learn that there are so many things that are gonna come your way that'll try and stop you and move you and, and cause you to stop doing whatever it is God has called you to do and stop building what He's called you to build. But one of my favorite, absolute favorite passages of Scripture in my life right now, and it's like just been resonating on my heart and in my spirit for the last six months, is this. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Just Paul says to the Corinthian church, he says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for Him is ever in vain. Nothing you do for God is ever wasted. I love that. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. He's going, church, listen to me. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Don't quit what you're doing. Don't quit what God's called you to do. Stop, don't stop doing what God's called you to do. It's not meaningless. It's not worthless. It's not fruitless. It's gonna come to something. Just don't quit. God's gonna have His way in it. Just don't quit. I love that this is like the message that the prophet Haggai has given and in, the, in chapter two of this book, we see Haggai kind of reveal the heart of why these people gave up the work God had called them to do. And he does this through a couple of questions. And if you look into those questions, you see the, the why behind the what, why they gave up doing what God had called them to do. And I wanna to speak to those a little bit today. Haggai chapter two, verse three and four. Haggai says this, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Friends, I believe these things that cause these people in the book of Haggai, to stop doing what God had called them to do, to stop building what God had called them to build are the exact same things that will come our way that will try and cause us to stop doing what God has called us to do and build what God has called us to build. But I believe the Word of God for you and I today is this. Yet, in the midst of that, in the midst of the things that are gonna come your way to try and cause you to stop doing what God's called you to do, Haggai says this, yet, be strong, and do the work, even in the midst of it, be strong and do the work. Even when you feel that way, be strong and do the work for the Lord is with you. The first thing that we, we see uncovered in these questions, uh, I'll put it this way. Number one, don't let discouragement stop you. Don't let discouragement stop you. I'll tell you a little truth here, and that's this. You're gonna get discouraged at some point along the way. If you step out and do what God is calling you to do and build what God is calling you to build and live the life that God is calling you to live, somewhere along the way, some point, you're going to get discouraged. 
You're like, oh, this is great preaching, Pastor Steve. We're so built up. This is so edifying. Listen, you're, you're going to get discouraged. I have to tell you this. I have to tell you something's gonna happen. Something's gonna go down. Someone's gonna say something. You're gonna get offended somewhere along the way. Heck, I'm gonna offend you. You're gonna come to church and I'm gonna offend you. Frosty probably won't because he's too nice. But I'll, I'm, I'll say something, I'll do something, I'll preach something, I'll, I'll, I'll forget your name, I'll do something, and it's, you're going to get offended. Why am I telling you this? I'm not telling this so you get depressed. I'm telling you this so that you know when discouragement comes your way, you don't quit. Be strong, be steadfast, immovable. Keep abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't let discouragement stop you along the way. Something, I'm telling you, you're, you're serving God, you're in the worship team. Dan's gonna forget you, he's gonna miss you. You're not gonna make the roster sometimes or someone's gonna say something about your playing. You're gonna get discouraged. You're gonna get in your marriage, you're gonna get discouraged. Something's gonna happen. And you know what? I can tell you this, I'll be honest with you. I've been discouraged so deeply to the point of wanting to quit more times than I can count. More times than I can count, I promise you. Can I be even more honest? I probably spent 90% of my life in a perpetual state of discouragement. Like mild to medium discouragement like all the time. And it's, it's kind of because I, I always feel like I could be doing a better job at pretty much every area of my life. Like, I look at my own lack, and I think, man, I could be doing better in these areas of my life. I look at, you know, my, like how I am as a husband and as a father, and I think, man, I could be doing a better job. I look at what I'm doing as a leader and as a pastor and as a preacher, a communicator of God's word, and I think, man, I could be doing better. And, and, and you know, like, to be honest, I'm gonna go home from today, and I'm gonna, my mind is not gonna stop all day because I'm thinking about all the ways I could have done church better. I could have preached better, I could have said that better, I could have done that, why didn't I say that to that person? Why didn't I pray this prayer? Why didn't I? Like my mind will not shut off and you know, I'll be in this kind of constant state of, of discouragement and it kind of never goes away, it kind of ne it never leaves. And I'm not telling you this because I need your hugs and kisses. I don't want them, all right? I'm good, I'm good, just so we're clear. Like, I'm not saying this because I need your sympathy. I'm not saying this because I want you to be like, oh, Pastor Steve, we love you so much. Come have a cuddle. I don't, I'm not saying it because of, this is why I'm telling you this because I, I want you to know it's an even playing field. I want you to know we're all the same and that you, you've probably been in similar situations where you feel like, man, I could always be doing a better job with this. I'm never quite getting it right. I'm always failing here or failing there or failing there. L listen, it's an even playing field and I'm telling you this, why? Because I want you to know that even in your discouragement, don't quit. Don't quit. It will try and cause you to want to quit. It will try and cause you to move away from what God is calling you to do. Haggai identifies something there, which is probably one of the roots of discouragement. It's such a key thing, and it's summed up in one word, comparison. Comparison. Some of you here today, you live your life in a perpetual state of discouragement because you spend your life comparing your life with somebody else's. I'll say that again. Some of you live in a perpetual state of discouragement because you spend your life comparing your life with somebody else's. You compare your marriage with somebody else's. You compare your life with somebody else's. You compare your kids with somebody else's. You compare your business with somebody else's. You compare your ministry with somebody else's. You compare your church with somebody else's. You compare your life. You just, listen, if you're doing that right now, can I be really pastoral? Stop. Stop it. Stop it. It's not helping you. 
It's, it's seriously not helping you. It's causing you to live in this place of discouragement. Listen, don't compare your start with someone else's finish. Stop comparing your start with someone else's finish. Hey guys, like this. Do, how many of you remember the, the, old, the old temple? How does your one look in your eyes? What, what he's saying is don't compare your start with someone else's finish. Don't compare, compare the temple you're just starting to build. Don't compare your marriage that's been a mess and you're just starting to rebuild. Don't compare your family with, that you're just starting, that you're just trying to rebuild. Don't compare your life that you've just got right with Jesus and you're just trying to rebuild. Stop comparing that with someone else's finished temple. Because it'll only ever look like rubbish to you if you keep looking at someone else's and comparing what you have to theirs. Stop the comparison thing. I love, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Nehemiah. I love Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is in a similar situation to this. He's gone back to rebuild the walls of his city. And this is what happens to Nehemiah. All these people come by and they start to talk about his wall. Like he's working his guts out building this wall for God, you know? And all these people come by and they're like, this is what they say. What a stink wall. That wall is rubbish. That wall is made of rubbish. That wall is so rubbish that even a little fox could come up on that wall and knock it down. What a stink wall. You know, most of us, if we're building something for God and someone came along and said those things to us, what a stink married, what a stink this, that's rubbish, that's rubbish. We would be like, oh, you're right, I'm so discouraged, I'm gonna quit. That's what we would do. This is what Nehemiah does. He, this is his response. Do you know what his response was? He just goes like this. So we built the wall. I love that. So we built the wall. Yet be strong and do the work. Yet, in the midst of the discouragement, in the midst of the words, in the midst of all that's going on, yet, be strong and do the work. We built the wall. Friends, I know some of you here today, you're in a place of deep discouragement. You're like, man, that's it, I'm quitting, I'm done. You've come here today going, that's it, this is the last chance, the last thing. Can I tell you something today? In your midst of your discouragement, can you do this? Yet, be strong and do the work for the Lord is with you. The second thing we see in this, these questions, I'll phrase it like this. Number two, don't let failure stop you. Number one, don't let discouragement stop you. Number two, don't let failure stop you. Can I tell you this much? You're gonna fail at some point along the journey. You're gonna fail at doing what God has called you to do. You're not gonna get it right, you're gonna mess up. This, again, this is so encouraging, Frosty. I can feel the hearts lifting as, as I speak these words. Listen, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not telling you this so you go away depressed. I'm telling you this so you know that when you fail, you don't stay down. You get, don't, don't let yourself get down, but you get up again, man. Like, the failure is not fi final, and failure is certainly not fatal. At some point, you're gonna fail. Even personally, at some point, you're gonna sin, you're gonna mess up. You're gonna fall short of God's standard. You're, gonna, you're going to get to a point where you might be serving God and doing things and you fall, you fail, you mess up. You're going to make a mistake. But here's the, 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 the thing I see so often is people, they're building what God's called them to build. They're involved in the life of the church. They're showing up every week. They're involved on the team. They're serving. They're in the ministry or whatever. They're, they're doing what God has called them to do, building what God's called them to build. And then they make a mistake. And so what do they do? They stop and they withdraw. 
They go, oh man, I'm such a mess, I'm such a mess, I'm such a mess, I made a mistake. And they pull back from what God has called them to do. Friends, my Bible tells me that even though the righteous may fall seven times, yet they get up again. Friends, don't give up, get up. When you fail and you make a mistake, don't give up, get up. Uh, listen, you gotta understand, Paul in Philippians, he says this in Philippians 3, he says, listen, I haven't reached perfection, I haven't made it, I haven't got to where I should be, but here's one thing I do do, forgetting the past, forgetting my failure, forgetting my sin, forgetting all I've done, forgetting all the rubbish, forgetting that, I press forward to reach the goal and the prize that Christ is calling us heavenly for. Come on, someone give God some praise here. Say amen if you believe. So I, I, some of you here today, you're sitting here and, and, and you've, you've been serving God, you've been doing the thing, you've been building what God's called you to build and you made a mistake somewhere along the way. You've fallen, you've sinned, you've, you, you've made a bit of a mess of things going on in your life and you've stopped, you stopped building and so you've withdrawn and you're sitting there, maybe you're even sitting here today, you're thinking, man, I've just lost it. I've, I've missed the plan of God for my life. You're thinking because of your mistake, you can never kind of get back on track with God anymore. Like, like, like somehow your, your mistake is, is, is so powerful, it, it, it's, it takes you away from the plan of God for your life. Can I say this to you, friend? You're not that powerful. You're not that powerful. No way that you're more powerful than the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Almighty God. Friends, no matter what you've done, no matter what failure you've been in, Friends, God can redeem, God can restore, God can heal, and God can cause, get this, all things, all things to work together for good. Here's what's amazing even about failure, is that if you step out and you try to build something for God and you fail, even your failure, even your failure in the work of the Lord is not in vain. What does that mean? It means God can still use it for His goodness and His glory because He uses all things all things together for good. Does that, 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 that verse does not say some things. God uses some things together for good. No, no, it doesn't say a few things. It doesn't even say most things. It says all things, all things. And some of you sitting here today, you're like, I'm, I'm such a mess and I'm such a failure. Can I tell you that your failure isn't final and your failure isn't fatal and God will cause all things to work together for good. And even in your failure, it's not in vain in the work of the Lord. Can the team maybe join me? Be strong, yet, friends, yet, even in your failure, yet be strong and do the work. Yet be strong and do the work. Do what you know to do. Keep putting those bricks down. Keep doing what God is calling you to do. Here's one thing I've learned, and I've been walking with Jesus for about 17 years. Here's one thing I've learned. If you're to see the purposes of God established in your life, if you're to build what God is calling you to build, can I tell you that simply showing up is about 90% of the game? Like 10% is like gifting and ability and things that you do. The rest of us just show up. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Why do people achieve things that others don't? Because they just don't quit. How will you see what God is calling you to build be built in your life? Just don't quit. Just keep showing up. It's 90% of the game. Some of you today, I want to say this to you with the love of my heart. Don't quit. Don't quit. God's not done. God's not done with you. Don't quit. I love what Haggai says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. 
He says this, the latter glory of this house. This is what they're trying to build, this temple they're trying to build. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. I believe this is a great promise for you and I, and that's this. The glory of what God is calling you to build now in your life is gonna far outshine the glory of anything that you've ever seen before. The glory of what He's calling you to build now will be far more glorious than anything you've seen before. Yet, be strong and do the work. I know where you're at today. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know, maybe you're in a place of deep discouragement, failure, whatever it is. I know this word already today has spoken to many, many people. Can I say to you, yet be strong and do the work? And here's the great promise of this passage. It says this, for I am with you, says the Lord. Can I tell you, you don't have to be strong in your own strength because the Lord is with you. He's with you. And you might feel weak. You might feel like you can't do it. You might feel like, I cannot do this one more time. I cannot, I cannot. I've done all I can. I've tried with my marriage. I've tried. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. Guess what? You don't have to be because God's strong enough for you. It's His strength, not yours. The great news is that God is not just with you, but He's also in you. If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you and you now receive the power that you need to live the life that God is calling you to live and do the things that God is calling you to do. It's not about your strength, friends. It's not about your strength. It's not about your power. It's about His. Yet be strong and do the work for He's with you. For He's with you. When you understand that God is with you and His power is at work inside of you and through you, you know you can do anything that God is calling you to do. Build anything He's calling you to build. Just don't quit. Be steadfast, immovable, yet be strong and do the work. Can you stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you this morning. Can I invite everyone in this room just to take a moment, just to bow your heads and just close your eyes and maybe just take a moment before God, just an attitude of prayer in this room. I want to pray First and foremost, for you today, if maybe you are in that place of just deep discouragement or maybe you're here and you've, you've failed, you've failed and you're at the point of you're here today and you just want to quit, you're done. Maybe some of you walked into the church today and you're like, man, this is it, this is the last day I'm doing this, I'm done, I'm quitting, I'm, I'm done. I want to pray for you today. If you're in that place, man, where you've been, you know God's calling you to build something, but you're just at that point where you're like, I'm ready to quit. Can, can I ask you to do something? No one's looking around. Everyone's got their eyes closed and heads bowed. No one's looking around. I, I would love to include you in a, in a prayer, just a quick prayer. I'm not gonna like call you out or anything, but I want you to just lift your hand nice and high. If that's you saying, Steve, yeah, cool, awesome, awesome. Hands all over the place, great. You're discouraged. You were like, I'm, I'm, I've come today, but I'm ready to quit. I'm done. Yeah, just throw your hands up nice and high. That's awesome. Just so I know who I'm praying for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Anyone else? 
Awesome, 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 awesome. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. Just receive this prayer if that's you. Lord, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so God, right now, we acknowledge our deep need for you. Lord, in order to do what you're calling us to do, we cannot do this on our own. We so need you, God. We so need you, Holy Spirit, to fill us and to empower us to live this life. And so God, right now, I pray for each of those people, Lord, that has acknowledged their deep need for you. Lord, right now, maybe they're on that verge of quitting, on the verge of giving up. I pray, Lord, upon them that verse, be steadfast, be immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. For you know, that nothing you do for Him is ever wasted. Nothing is in vain. Keep doing the work. You know that you will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. God, I bless them now in Jesus' Name. I pray cause Your strength to rise up inside of them beyond what they know, beyond what they've ever experienced before, that they would know the true power of God at work in their life to do what You're calling them to do in Jesus' Name. Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. I want to pray one last prayer. Just while every eyes still closed and head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision before to follow Him, to give your life to Him, or maybe you're here today and right now your life is very far from Him. You've known Him before, or maybe even you come to church every single week, but the honest truth is you actually don't really know Him. You've never made a decision to surrender your life to Him to give Him full control. Truth is, friends, that God loves you, that God made you. He wants to bless your life, that He died for you, that you didn't have to carry around your, your sin and your shame and your guilt. He took it for you on that cross. And He extends to every one of you His free gift of grace, forgiveness for your past, new life right now, hope for your future, eternity with Him in heaven. I mean. It's the most amazing gift you could ever receive. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now, if you don't know Him, or maybe your life is very far from Him right now, to pray this prayer along with me. I'm gonna pray it out loud, and I invite you to pray it in your heart with me today. Just say these words. Say, God, today, this day, I surrender my life to You. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, You died for me. Right now, I turn from my old life and I turn now to the life you have for me. I ask you to come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. I choose from this day and this moment to live for you. Would you come in and make me brand new today? In Jesus' name. Just whatever your eyes still closed and head bowed. I wanna give you an opportunity to just acknowledge me that you prayed that prayer maybe for the very first time or coming back to God. I want you just to be really brave right now. This is a step of faith and I want you to do this because I want you to be, be, be honest, be brave and be bold enough to say, yeah, that's, I made this decision. I'm standing for Jesus today. I wanna ask you to do something. I'm gonna count to three. And if you prayed that prayer just now and you meant it with all your heart, when I, when I get to three, I want you to lift your hand nice and high. Ready? One, two, three. Hand up nice and high. Say, yeah, God bless you, my man. Awesome, right here in the middle. I see you, man. Yeah, I see you on the side there. That's great. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I meant it today. This is my day. This is my day. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you guys. 
Well, God, I thank you so much for your presence that is here. I thank you for the lives that have responded, those hands that have said, yes, this is for me. I thank you that you are so in the business of transforming hearts and lives. And so God, we give you honour and praise. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' Name that we would be a church that does not quit. Lord, that we will be steadfast, immovable. We'd always abound in the work of the Lord. And Lord, that yet, and even though we might be going through stuff, yet we will be strong strong and we will do the work knowing that you are with us in Jesus name amen amen come on let's give God some praise here we say our chains are gone our day